Oh, okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Each week, if you don't know already, we talk about everything. We talk about paranormal stories. The ghost that lives inside of uh, my phone. Urban legends. The ghost that lives inside of your phone, Daniel. <laughs> True crime mystery stories. The, the ghost that lives inside of the name Daniel, and that ghost's name is Raj, Rajman. Anything spooky related, really. Yeah. Rajman. Rajman. If you're not too scared <laughs> from listening to our intro, stick around. We got all sorts of stuff. Every single week since, since the, the dawn, dawn of civilization... Lindsay and I will go to separate places on Earth. Lindsay goes to Easter Island. I go to Stonehenge. It's trust us, it works. And then we reconvene inside of our house in Ohio and discuss what we've researched for the very first time with one another, our dog, and with you. And this week, this episode is for Rodman and who else, Lindsay? Uh, Primpus. Okay, well... <laughs> Uh, for all of our, now this is difficult because we have a lot of listeners that are named both Rajman and Primpus. We have a lot of Prince, I can't even say it. It's, well, it's a very difficult name. <laughs> I created the name. It's a challenging name. It's an ancient name. Yeah. Prim Primpus. 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 And Rajman. Yeah. Well, last week, what did we talk about? It was our 70th episode. It was. And we talked about how to identify aliens, for right. sure. There's no other reasoning why someone would have blonde hair. Probably an alien. I talked about just little scary random things, including a Tibetan thigh bone that they made into a trumpet. Which is super cool, by the way. Yeah. Oh, and also, if Lindsay and I sound a little bit more, if if we sound like our chakras are more aligned or tired, Lindsay and I this morning did our very first Bikram hot yoga. Yes. And turns out it's extremely hot. It's hard. <laughs> if you're listening and you've ever made fun of somebody doing yoga, especially hot yoga, you're crazy. Or if you've ever been on the receiving end of like, oh, what did you have after yoga, kale? Uh, then you probably answered, yeah, I did. Or, I deserved every ounce of that kale. Yeah, because it's really hard. I had eggs. Yeah, Lynn's had three eggs. I did, raw. <laughs> raw <laughs> I was egg. that empowered that I just ate them straight, shell and all. Yeah, shell and all. Shell and all. Uh, what they don't tell you is that, now they do tell you before you sign up for Bikram that it's very hot, but what they don't tell you is that it's very hot. <laughs> yeah, I thought my life was ending. Um, probably at maybe the fifth pose. Yeah. I was there, like, I'm passing away. I'm passing away. Yeah, I looked over Lynn's when we were getting into whatever the, I don't know the names of the poses, but one of the poses that was hard and I was like, this might be the last time we see each other. Because I think we're both going to, I think we're both, I think we're both going to pass away. Scariest and most wonderful thing I've ever done. But hey, uh, expect updates on the next four episodes of our show about how the Bikram hot yoga is going. Bikram, Bikram, doesn't matter. Sure. Uh, because we sign up for a month and we're going to see what happens. If you stop hearing our show, we might have passed away. You know, I'll say the only thing that would stop us from doing this show is if we pass away <laughs> inside the hot yoga place. But I learned a lot about myself. Oh, yeah. I learned how much water is in my body. Yes. And, and how, how much water can come out of your body. <laughs> fast. <laughs> Very fast. 
Well, do you want to jump into some spooky things? Yes, splash. I jumped into the pool. Of yoga sweat? A yoga sweat, which, disgusting, by the way. That's <laughs> gross. But yes, I jumped into the yoga sweat pool because I'm ready to jump in for our sticky topic. <laughs> okay, well, it's not sticky. Oh, uh, is it icky? It is icky, kind of. But I wanted to talk about like scary, haunted, iconic vehicles. Oh, this is cool. This is cool. I mean, you always like one thing that I'm not going to talk about, but I'll talk about it, I guess, right now is like (laughs) Ted Bundy's iconic Volkswagen Beetle. Yes. It's creepy to look at that car. Yeah, it really is. I don't have Adolf Hitler's car down, but that's a creepy car to look at. For sure. Very creepy. But I'll start with, it's not a car, but it is Abraham Lincoln's phantom train. Oh. Do you ever remember like when Abraham Lincoln passed? It was April 21st, 1865. Okay. The body of Abraham Lincoln and his deceased son, Willie, were placed on a funeral train to make its 13-day trip from Washington to Springfield, Illinois. That's a long trip. So it was like a way to honor the president. Like the train would come through your town and you'd be like, you know, honor him. I get that. But it's kind of creepy. Sure. That you're just like you put the dead president on a train and you're like, I'm going to send him across the country. Was it, would you say 13 days? Yeah, 13 day trip from Washington to Illinois. The funeral train called the Lincoln Special. Oh, had nine cars and a funeral car being located on the eighth one. The train traveled through seven states and passed 440 communities between April 21st and May 3rd. Now, think about back in the day, though. They probably didn't have the best refrigeration. I was just thinking, okay, so you draw up the imagery of the person shoveling coal in the train to keep the train going. Yeah. And then there's a person shoveling ice on the president to right, keep the like, president coal. To keep him from being stinky. Yeah. Stinky. Stinky. But the uh, folklore is that every April, many people every year claim to see the phantom train traveling along the same tracks. So if you oh. lived by those tracks that it traveled through from Washington to Illinois, people report seeing the light from the train. They also reported that watches and clocks stop Ugh. when that train passed by. Now, I thought that just what that's just what happened when Dustin Hoffman, when he's playing Hook, when he takes your clocks, they stop. Well, it could be Hook or it could be the Phantom Train. But I guess depending on where you live. Yeah, if you live in... Florida. Florida. Where it didn't go, then <laughs> I don't know what's up. you got a broken eye clock. Yeah, my eye clock. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I watch. I watch. Is yeah. it called an iWatch? I think it's just the Apple Watch. But oh, like, it's Apple Watch. But why not just the iWatch? Because... I watch you tell time. I watch my Apple Watch. <laughs> I watch your watch. Yeah, but um, also some people have witnessed skeletons who were dressed in blue who are standing at attention beside the president's flag draped casket. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they lay the flag on top of the thing. Right. Okay. So yeah, first uh, scary train, I guess. I don't know if anybody's ever seen the phantom train or seen a phantom train. I'm sure that's a thing that happens. I think trains in general, at least to me, are kind of a scary mode of transportation. Like just like looking at a train. Oh, yeah. They're they're scary looking. Back in the day, their safety was probably terrible. And there's all the steam and the noises and stuff. It's a pretty intimidating, gigantic snake car. If you think it's a about pretty, it, pretty uh, steampunky 
vehicle. Oh, they're 100% steampunky. <laughs> they created the steampunk. Hello. Steam train. Steam train. Steampunk train. Steam train trend. Trend train truth. The next one I have is, ugh, <laughs> okay. Dr. Jack Kevorkian's van. I was about to bring up that van, but I, when, when you were talking about terrible automobiles in history. Yeah. Um, well, wasn't it both Adolf Hitler and Ted Bundy both had a Volkswagen Beetle? I th- yeah, I think so. Something like that. But then I was going to say, oh, yeah, and Kevorkian's van as well. But I thought that, that that might be included on your list. Yes. It's also known as the Deathmobile. Wow. What a um, name. Don't have a lot about it. Basically, it would help to end lives. Yeah. Wasn't it? Didn't it look like like one of those sprinter vans or something? Kind of just a big white van. Yeah. 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 That van in the back of it killed approximately 130 people. Is that van, isn't that van part of the permanent display at the Haunted Museum? Uh, Zach Baggins. Yeah. I believe so. Or he had it on loan. I don't know who owns that van now. Or he was doing that one show when it was like in between seasons of Ghost Adventures where it was like demo- like haunted possessions or something. Something. Yeah. Wow. That's all I'm going to say about that one. Basically, it was just the death mobile. I think that's... Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's kind of number one of like scary, iconic, haunted vehicles. And the the vehicle that the most... Pe- like the one specific vehicle that people died inside of the most. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I bet you that thing is like you walk by it. I would probably... You, you get within 20 feet of that thing. You probably just start throwing up because of how haunted <laughs> it is. All that ghost energy. Oh, do you think all the ghosts of the people that died there like whisper and lure you into the van? Probably. Come look uh, what's in here. Imagine the guy that has to like transport that van. Like he's probably not driving it because it's probably not drivable anymore or they yeah. probably don't want you to drive it. Yeah. But like loading that van up on a trailer and like <sighs> driving. There's no way. There's no way I would transport that van from where it was before to the Haunted Museum by myself. I would invite 17 people to do it with me. Just not- think about like if you are ever on the freeway and you see yeah. uh, something dragging a white van, like a trailer truck dragging a white van, uh-huh. just think like that might be Dr. Kevorkian's van. That's a lot to deal with. Now, what I will say is cool is when you're on the highway and you see people transporting like fair equipment, like fun rides, like amusement park rides. And you see <laughs> like, like a funnel cake stand. Yeah, it's fun. That's so funny. Is that a funnel cake stand or Kevorkian's van? I don't know. It's they disguise it. Oh, as a funnel they cake? They put the funnel cake stand over top of the van. That so makes then sense. you don't know. That makes sense to me. So if you see a funnel cake stand, I'm sorry, I've ruined that for you. Now you're gonna be you're gonna think like, oh goody fair. And then uh, you're gonna be like, what's underneath? Though? Yeah, don't follow it. Because usually whenever I see a funnel cake cart on a truck on the you highway, immediately if I'm like, I'm going to work and then I see it, it's like, well. Guess I'm not and going you're to like, work oh, today. Oh shoot! I'm three states away. <laughs> three what states happened? away, following this funnel cake thing. <laughs> okay. Do you so even like funnel cake? I love funnel cakes. Who doesn't like funnel cake? I think funnel cake is good. I just wish there was more to it. Just more funnel cake, always. Like more substance. Yeah. Like no, they're good. It's a fried donut with powder on it. Maybe just double the size. Okay. My next one <laughs> is the um, President John F. Kennedy's navy blue 1961 oh. Lincoln 74A convertible. This is the car that he was shot in. Although the car had $200,000 worth of modifications for the president's, uh, one of them was not bulletproof, obviously. See, yeah, that seems like, oh, oopsie. This was the exact car that the president's life was taken on November 22nd, 1963, when he was assassinated in Dallas. 
Oddly enough, though, here's the creepy part about that car is that they used that car for another eight years. Why? Why? After Kennedy was shot in it, um, safety measures and reinforcements were added to the car. Because it was such an expensive, nice car, they just added bulletproof restrained glass, titanium armor plating, and a bulletproof roof. And then they just painted it black for President Johnson. I'd get rid of the car. So Johnson, poor President Lyndon Johnson, he had to drive around in Kennedy's death car. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I would say, okay, uh, a first, a first, first <laughs> order of business. Don't want that car. Yeah, Is that I'd cool? be like, I don't want that hand-me-down. And it's not a good hand-me-down. I'm, I'm all for hand-me-downs. Uh, used stuff is is used stuff is good stuff is what I always right. say. I couldn't think of a cool thing to say, but yeah, when it comes to that, it's like okay, well maybe you guys spend a lot on a car, but I think it's time to let the car sort of let it go somewhere else. Well, we can go see that car because that car is not too far from us. It's actually what? at the Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn, Michigan. I've been to the Henry Ford Museum. Well, maybe you've seen this car because it was in 1978 it was sent there. So maybe then you've I seen this car. I went there in fourth grade. A lot of people that work at this museum said that they think that car is very haunted. Um, several witnesses claim to see apparitions of a dressed in gray guy standing near the car okay. who they think might be the late President Kennedy. But he's always turned around. So you can only see the back of his head. Doubt it's Kennedy then. Because I feel like if you're a president, even if you're a ghost, you probably have a lot on your plate. Like you're probably still pretty yeah, busy but think making about it, appearances. Though. He was shot in the head. Yeah. So maybe he's hiding like his face. He could be. I mean, I'm I'm usually all on board for playing ghosty and alien encrypted make believe, but I doubt <laughs> I doubt that JFK as a ghost has time to be there. I'm thinking he's like signing he's, busy. Auto- he's signing autographs. He, he's, he's he's like I'm President Kennedy. He's he's a pretty popular. I can't do the Kennedy slang. Like he has no. a distinct accent, and it's a hard one to do. Yeah, I was gonna try to do it, but I'm just not gonna do it because it's like Southern, but not. Yeah, it's. You know what it is? It's the way his voice sounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can especially see these apparitions at the Kennedy Museum or the Henry Ford Museum, um, especially during the late days of November, probably because okay. he was shot on November 22nd. I bet you. Yeah. That's a lot to deal with. I, I don't remember seeing that car. All I remember from going to the Henry Ford Museum, which is to me is very funny, is I bought my very first Slinky in the gift shop. <laughs> Maybe it's a haunted slinky. Well, it could be. It was. It goes like... downstairs. It possesses your dog. It kills your neighbor's cat. Oh, I thought that was the the Ren and Stimpy log song, but it was the slinky. Wasn't it the same song? Wasn't it? Slinky, slinky. Goes downstairs. It comes in pairs. Something about your dog. I think we've lost our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone have. knows the Slinky song, could you send it to me? Because I don't know what it is. Yeah, if anyone knows the Slinky song, call my, call me directly. And you know I'm not going to look it up. So anyways. No, same. Um, There is the Legend of the Black Volga. The Volga. The Volga. I don't know. It must be a Polish car because it was around from the 1960s, originated in Poland. It was a high-end black limousine with white curtains. Ooh. Kind of sounds a little hersey. A little Hersey. Little Hersey. Oh. I'm Percy. I'll be driving your little Hersey today. <laughs> 
some of the terrifying claims uh, seeing the legend of the Black Volga. Witnesses who saw the car usually never saw a driver, although the legend has it it was a priest or nuns that would drive this vehicle normally. Oh. Others claimed when they they saw this vehicle, they were expecting a priest or a nun, and they would actually claim to see Satan himself in the driver's seat. Okay, first of all, there is no way Satan himself is going to be driving a car. You, well, like, I could see him, like, rocking a high-end black limousine with white curtains. I could see him rocking it, too, but in a limo... I would think that Satan would have one of his messengers, one of his demons, one of his whatever, driving the car for him. He'd be kicking it in the back. Maybe. He's, he's a very important figure. Well, the reason they said that they he would they would see him drawing in the folklore was that he needed a big limousine because he would sacrifice animals and people and uh, keep their organs in the big black limousine. In the back of it. Yeah. And so like you open so it up. So he didn't want to ride in the back with the organs. Well, even that strikes me as weird because it'd be like, well, snack, snack time. <laughs> he eats them? I would think he would do all sorts of stuff. I don't know what Satan does with organs. Probably eat them. Okay. I would think so anyways. <laughs> Probably eat them. What song would you would would you not be surprised if you heard Satan rolling up in his limousine like bumping through the car? Here I am, rock you like a hurricane. Maybe Carry on my wayward son. <laughs> That'd be good. Something, something you've begun. There are organs in the car. Don't I'm going to eat them now. <laughs> chomp them right up, chomp them right up. <laughs> I am going to chomp them later. Okay, so the next one I have is James Dean's Porsche. Oh, The 550 cool. Spider that was... It had a nickname. It's in an inappropriate. Okay. So you might want to look that up if you want, if you are curious to know what his Porsche's nickname was. But cool. James Dean tragically passed away in that car at the age of 24. Wow. Um, he was way younger than I thought. Yes. So the Star Wars actor Alex Guinness, I don't know which person he plays in I Star Wars because I'm not a Star Wars person. Now, so. I'm going to say this, and I hope I don't make any Star Wars people mad. I, I feel like... I used to be a big Star Wars person. Yeah. I think that actor was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. I well, think. And I'll if take I'm, your word for it. <laughs> and if I'm wrong, lay, lay off. <laughs> um. Well, this actor had a really bad feeling about James Dean driving that car. He repeatedly warned him and told him he just doesn't feel comfortable with him riding that car or driving that car. He told him if he did, he'd be dead within a week. James Dean died exactly seven days later on September 30th, 1955. Did anybody ever talk to Obi-Wan Kenobi and be like, hey, man, that was kind of weird what you said? (laughs) I mean, I'm not a big Star Wars person, but I feel like if an actor from Star Wars tells me not to do anything, I might be like, you know what? You're pretty sci-fi. I'm going to... I think I'm going to take your word for it and not get in that car. Can you name three other actors or actresses who were in Star Wars at one, t- at one point or another? Um, There's a one guy, the main guy. Uh-huh. Main guy? <laughs> well, Harrison Ford. There's Harrison Ford. But there's Edward McGrowen, Mag- McLaughlin. <laughs> Edward McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin's brother. <laughs> Edward McGrugan. <laughs> which one's which one's Edward McGrugan? Um, Phil. Oh, Rosenthal, Phil the Rose- writer of R- Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, I love when Phil's in that movie. 
<laughs> and you know what's cool is Phil was in the very first one, the uh, number four back in the yeah. uh, whatever year that came out. Yeah. Phil Rosenthal. <laughs> you know what I like? What? Phil Rosenthal. Oh, he's wonderful. I love him. Gosh, he's an awesome dude. If you have not seen Everybody Feeds or Somebody Feed Phil, it is such a good show. A little bit behind the scenes. Uh, sometimes we put that show on when we're in bed and we're going to sleep. And whenever the theme song comes on and they sing the lyrics, pasta, pork, chicken, and lamb, <laughs> Lindsay cannot contain her feet. Even if she's falling asleep, that she'll kick them around and it's dance. so happy. And dance a little bit. I know. It's one of my favorite things that Ugh. you do. But now let's stop being mushy and continue <laughs> on because we are here to do a job. Well, anyways, James Dean's Porsche, obviously, he died in it. There had been several more reports of bad luck um, finding people that made contact with this cursed vehicle, such as a mechanic. He broke his leg while working on it. Two men bought parts from the car and oh. ended up getting in car wrecks with both of them dying. Like for real? Yes. The oh incredible gosh. cursed car also survived a fire, fell off a transportation truck, crushed the driver, and then mysteriously seriously vanished what do you mean it's the just... car's gone they don't know where the porsche is you know what i say to that wth and the <laughs> h scary. the h stands for heck it's scary how does a car just vanish i don't know well i mean it said it fell off a truck it crushed the driver and then i guess it maybe it just fell down a hill yeah or no, just I mean, rolled like, away yeah i'm not i'm not questioning your story at all it's just i i'm just like how do you <laughs> how do you hey dude where's my car yeah Creepy. Remember that movie? Yeah, I don't. I'd never <laughs> watched it. Our friend, I remember it. I just don't. Our I friend Andrew Kowaleski reminded reminded us of that movie. <laughs> uh, and man, that movie is so irrelevant. Yeah. That movie, that a bit like it's so funny, but like, man, that that's like one movie that could have never existed and everyone would be perfectly fine still. Is it still bad? Today. Like, I've never seen it. I mean, I would assume that it's we gotta watch pointless. It. We got to watch it, Do I think. We? Uh, at least once. Okay. The last one I have is about Stephen King's the horror novel, Christine. <gasps> I was also going to ask about this one. Yeah. So Christine was a haunted car. It was a really cool movie that he did back in the day. But that story was actually based off of a real car. There's an actual haunted car that people claim to be the real life Christine, the Golden Eagle. It's the 1964 Dodge Limited Edition and is said to be the most evil car in America. Okay, I haven't heard why, but I my money's still on the Convorkian wagon. Yeah, it's and good, I yeah. Did, I did say Convorkian. Yeah, although that James Dean Porsche, I mean, the fact that it just started killing everyone and then it just like, bye. Bloop, see ya. It painted itself to look like a tree chrysler little baron <laughs> i'm or just it, a chrysler little baron i'm fine or it jumped like in the oa oh yeah your favorite show right now it's a good show um it was originally used as a police car in maine the officers that drove the vehicle they all ended up killing their families Whoa. and then committing suicide holy moly after its time as a police car, the Dodge was sold to the Allen family, who reported that when they drove the automobile on the highway, the doors would mysteriously swing open. Uh, okay. So I was like, get out. Yeah. I don't like this. Several children have um, died mysteriously around this car. Goodness gracious. Two children were hit by this car. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
another child who dared to touch the car ended up dying and his entire family two weeks later had a huge house fire and were all in critical condition. This is all real. Uh, Yeah, this is like they think it's this car that's cursed. (sighs) Oh my gosh. When members of the local churches heard about this demonic vehicle, they vandalized it and several of them ended up dying shortly after. This is definitely a car you do not want to mess with. No, not at all. So like Stephen King wasn't far off about like, I need to write a horror movie about this car. I'm going to call it Christine. I'm going to call it Christine. Do you think maybe he hated someone named Christine at the time? Oh, for sure. And was like, what can I name that car? Oh, probably my ex-girlfriend, Christine. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. (laughs) I wouldn't doubt it at all. Well, two things. That car sounds terrible. Yeah. Two, what's the most haunted car you've owned? I don't know. I mean, I did have my white Honda that I got in a car accident with. Okay. I didn't realize this was going to get so serious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you're going at this way with this well, just like this maybe, question. Maybe like a crummy, like a crummy car. Like it just was crummy. Probably that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> oops. Swing and a miss for me, huh? Got, got pretty real. But those are some haunted vehicles. <laughs> I never realized that there's so many. Like I brought up Ted Bundy's car. I mean, imagine seeing any of these serial murderers or anything like that in their cars. No, I mean, no way. people have claimed that OJ's white blazer that he did a car chase in was haunted. But I'm like, I think that was just a getaway car. <laughs> so it was just I a getaway car. Didn't and... include it, but. Yeah, and he was in the back. Yeah, he was in the back seat and. One car, when you and I went to Nashville the one time, that car was haunted because when it would rain, it would just turn off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 100% just turn right off. (laughs) It didn't want to go to Nashville. (laughs) Not in the rain. Well, thanks, Lindsay Marie. Yeah, no problem. Um, Spooky haunted vehicles. So I think maybe treat your cars well. Give them oil when they need oil. Wash them. Don't call them Christine. Nope. Call them car. They don't don't like that. You don't need to name your car if you don't want to. Well, should we do some haunted housekeeping? (laughs) Yes. Let's do some haunted housekeeping where you and I will also drink plenty of water because we lost 10 gallons of water earlier today. We did. Okay. Well, we will see each and every one of you in the haunted housekeeping zone in three, two, one. Our extremely haunted show is brought to you by Vidi Space. Vidi Space is an online spooky streaming service started by our buddies Nick Groff and Elizabeth Saint. You can find everything spooky on there, including us, and it's really scary. <laughs> yeah, I think just the fact that we're on there is terrifying. Vidi Space is an app that you can download on your iPhone or your Android. You can also go to vidi.space on your computer and search a bunch of super spooky content documentaries about bigfoot alien stuff maybe you want to watch some more creepy things about the men in black because this show just really inspired you to do it go right ahead start streaming and screaming you can go to vidi.space that's v-i-d-i dot space and get a 15-day trial for free and browse all the content you'd like and then see what you think and then maybe you just want to be spooked and scared and scream all the time you can do it 
We also are a proud member slash part of the Scavengers <laughs> family at the Scavengers Network. That's true. The Scavengers Network was started by our big, beautiful boss, boy, baby, baby, boy, boy, Colin M. Parker. And it's home to a lot of wonderful podcasts and some YouTube vids as well. You can check out podcasts on there like new shows, Insanely Haunted, I Dunno Radio, Myth Takes, a a tabletop role-playing game podcast, the new show Morgan Needs a Podcast by with, with our buddy Morgan Spatola, all sorts of stuff. You can go to scavengersnetwork.com or check out the Scavengers Network on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and stay up to date with all your pod buds. And each and every one of our dear listeners, if you'd like to, why not become a donor of the Scavengers Network Patreon and help support our show and every other show on the network? You can go to www.patreon.com patreon.com slash the scavengers network and become a donor at one dollar a month two dollars a month five dollars ten dollars or 20 bucks we did a little snippet teaser about swell spells uh little witch spells that you can do for every day but you'll hear more of those if you become a patreon at the scavengers network that's right you help keep the lights on as it were you help fund the shows to maybe at least for our show since you're listening to our show right now maybe do some traveling maybe in investigate some haunted places, maybe pay for a guest or two to come on the show, maybe a Doug Jones. I don't know, uh, but we would love your support. So again, that's patreon.com slash the scavengers network. Take a look if you like. Show us that we, you love us because <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully, each and every one of you are well hydrated and stretched and all sorts of stuff. Shook the sillies out. You shook the sillies out. Just really can't stress enough how hot it was in that room. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. Hot yoga? It's hot. A guy in front of us who's obviously been doing yoga for a very long time and is more flexible than any human being I've ever seen was literally, I'm not exaggerating, literally standing in a pool of his own sweat. I'm pretty sure he had his own lifeguard nearby. He did a very miniature lifeguard. <laughs> he blew a little a whistle. a little chair. Easy, buddy. Is what he said. Uh, well, Linz, thanks for being here with me today. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Are we at a wedding or what's happening? Uh, nope. We okay. are. Well, you and I have been married for a while. Yeah. But what I have right now, I guess according to the World Wide Web, it's been a busy week in terms of sightings and breaking booze. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There was a lot of stuff. I wonder why. Maybe because the weather is getting nicer. Like, oh, was it yeah. in the Midwest or all over? All over the earth. Hmm. All over the earth. Okay. There were a lot of stories this past week. Well, it was spring break for a lot of schools this week, so. You know what? I didn't even think about that. If cryptids or aliens or ghosts, if they do or do not celebrate spring break. And I would think that at least in touristy destinations, whether it's the beach or the mountains, cryptids or Bigfoot or aliens or whoever would probably be really excited. They're like, oh, good. All these people. Yeah. Let's beam them up in the ship. Or maybe they were on spring break from monster school. Oh, yeah? <laughs> They're like, get out there and make sure you read and scare some peeps. Yeah. So 
what do you think they study in monster school? Probably like how to scare, when to scare, Scaring, um, walking quietly. Yeah, being quiet. How to always run across the street as soon as a car is driving by. Um, Bigfoot school is like a branch of school and it's like how to swing your arms properly. Oh. How to look taller. Good posture. Good posture. Yeah. How to make sure that you do smell really bad so people say, oh, yeah, and it smelled really bad. Bigfoot calling. Bigfoot calling. Yeah, there's a lot. You know, I actually, one one of the pieces of breaking booze has to deal directly with Bigfoot calls. Okay. So I'm gonna just I'm just gonna start going down this list of all sorts of all sorts of cryptid stories. Okay. Whether they just happened or they've just been reported. Are you ready? I'm ready. So the very first story comes to us from New Orleans. Mm. Some say Nolans. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I say New Orleans. I say it New Orleans. <laughs> I say New Orleans. <laughs> because I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> uh, well, my Midwestern wife. Uh, yes. In New Orleans, I guess when Hurricane Katrina was happening, according to a woman who chose to remain anonymous, Mm -hmm. when she was fleeing New Orleans and heading towards St. Louis, Missouri. Now, is it St. Louis or St. Louis? St. Louis. I don't know. There's that one song, Meet Me in St. Louis, Louis. I think cool people say Louis. Okay. Well, then I'm going to say it. Okay. Because you're cool. (laughs) Oh, sweet. You're spooky cool. You know, I really, judging by my outfit again today, don't think I'm very cool. That's okay. At least you don't have your swim trunks on today. No, but I did wear them a lot that week after we were talking about them. You should have actually worn your swim trunks to hot yoga. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. You're welcome. Man, I sweated so much. (laughs) Uh, Well, according to this woman, she was leaving New Orleans and heading towards St. Louis, Missouri, where the rapper Nelly is from. Mm -hmm. And she said she was about 15 to 20 minutes outside of the city on a fairly quiet road. And she not only encountered one, but two dogmen. I guess one was in the road, just kind of hanging out in the road. And she was driving past it and she had to swerve around it. It came within five feet from her car. And then as she was swerving around it, she looked in a rear view mirror and saw another dog man running up towards the other dog man. Like it was waiting in the road or something for that dog man. This was after Hurricane Katrina? During, yeah. When when people were evacuating the... I, it's really it's really. I have upsetting. to evacuate my home because it's going to get engulfed by a hurricane. And on and the way, I see not one, but two dogmen. Yeah, she saw them. They didn't hurt her. She was in her car, but she reported it and she actually was interviewed and they altered her voice and kept her identity. What? Anonymous? anonymous yeah. yeah. And you can listen to the full interview. Uh, go to YouTube and search Dogman Encounters. It's uh, a big interview. It's like an hour and some change long hosted by the guy with the coolest name on earth, Vic Cundiff. Oh, and, vindictive. Huh? Vindictive. Vindictative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. And, and you can listen to the whole interview there. It's a cool interview. I listened to little pieces and parts of it um, because I didn't have an hour and some change just to listen to it. But that's okay. But it exists online. This one I thought was interesting. This one comes to us from Las Vegas. So we went from Dogman and now we're going to Aliens. Oh. There was... So according to the pilot of the Mercy Air 21 helicopter, I don't know if that's a hospital helicopter or just like a touristy helicopter. I don't really know. But the pilot was calling in and there's audio of this as well on YouTube. The pilot was calling in to just like do a check. They were saying a lot of numbers that I'm guessing pilots and stuff will call back to like 
tower control or whatever the heck it is. Right. Their codes, or yeah. whatever they mean. They were saying all sorts of numbers and it sounded really smart. And I was like, oh, I don't know what these mean, but <laughs> they do, obviously. Turns out if you just have a podcast and just say numbers. Yeah. Then you sound really smart. Uh, Lynn's 43. Well, there is that Russian radio station where it just says numbers. Oh, yeah, you're right. And it's like weird. But anyways. But anyways, the pilot for the Mercy Air 21 helicopter was calling in, just checking in, I think doing typical stuff, uh, judging by the way the dispatch guy or the terminal guy sounded. Uh, It was just like run-of-the-mill stuff, right? You could tell by their pattern, by their speech pattern. And then all of a sudden, the pilot calls back in and said that he could see something flying at around 7,000 feet. Because he, I I did listen to this and I am a little bit smart, I guess, because (laughs) he said that he was flying at about 7,300 feet. So So they saw below him. A little bit below him, but out farther in the distance. And then the guy on dispatch said, oh, that's weird. Nothing's on radar. And there's there's not supposed to be anything over there right now. Weird. And the guy said, you know, it very well could be a balloon or something, but I can only see it with my night vision goggles on. And then that Hmm. was it. And then the guy on the other end of the radio was like, oh, how cool is that or something? He sounded really excited. And then that was the end of it. So something quick. The the pilot did say it could be a balloon. He wasn't sure. He couldn't tell. But he could only see it with his night vision goggles on. Weird. And it was flying at about the exact same altitude as like, I don't know, helicopters and whatever around the area. Weird. So like balloon, you mean like weather balloon? Maybe. I don't really know. Because I don't know, like a normal balloon can't go up that high, I don't think. I don't know. I really have no idea. Let's send a balloon up there. Okay. And just put a GoPro (laughs) on the balloon. And guess how many feet it goes up. That's either 200 feet or 1,000 feet. Really hard to tell. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. So I wanted to ask you a question as well after this. Okay. Okay. So without actually seeing, because we all know and the listeners of the show know, if you've been listening for at least one episode where I've brought up aliens, we know how you feel about aliens. Yeah. So what would it take without actually seeing an alien? What sort of evidence would you need or a story would you need to hear to where you would go, oh, maybe it was an alien? I'm just curious to see like where your like entry level would be. I can't see it. You can't see it. Only only from a story. What would have to happen that would make you think, oh, that's at least plausible that it might be an alien? I don't think much. I think the only way I would believe it is like if I had a personal experience Mm -hmm. myself. Sure. I don't think I could believe a story. I mean, I don't think people are crazy. Yeah, sure. But I think that there's other explanations for things. Okay. So what type of physical encounter would you have to have to where you went, okay, for sure? Without seeing it. No, with with seeing something. So would it be something as, as simple as like seeing something in the sky with like an erratic flight pattern? Or would it be seeing an actual living, breathing alien that went, hey, Linz? Yeah, I'd have to see the actual alien. Wow. Or it would have to like whisper in my brain or like do something. <laughs> like if I couldn't see him, it would have to personally happen to me. I, I don't think I could look up and see something because there's been so many weather balloons and government stuff that's weird and secretive yeah. that like I would think something in the sky is weird. But, but probably not extraterrestrial. Yeah, I feel like I would, I'd be like, there's some reason I that it's it. up there. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Somebody's flying a drone around. Again with the drones, right? So droney. So droney. Nowadays. Trying to get some cool footage of you throwing a frisbee with your drone. <laughs> 
Throw wow. the drone. Yeah, throw the drone. Uh, okay, just I just I was curious. I, I, I okay. wanted to know that. I was curious. Okay, so I'm going to skip this one and come back to it because I'm going to do, I can't do two alien ones in a row. Okay. Okay, so this one comes to us from Alabama. And there's also audio of this on the internet. Uh, out of Tallapoosa County in Alabama, there is some audio that a woman recorded, I think it was off of her back porch, of a bunch of coyotes howling. And then you can also hear what they think is a Bigfoot howling with all the coyotes. But it could be any other creature. It could be any other creature. Or it could be a coyote just with a weird, they're like, Charles, what is with (laughs) your weird call? That's what I thought too. Like, so there are, at least as far as I know, there are three, I think it's three, I'm sure there are more, but three Bigfoot vocalizations. There's the howl. There's the wailing, like the like like the 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 high pitch howls. Okay. And then there's like grunts or something. Okay. But I so think kind of ape like. Kind of ape like, but a lot of people say that Bigfoots can mimic like coyotes or wolves to blend in. But I don't know why they would feel the need to blend in. Well, you just got to think about like people posting their pet videos online and like that cat that goes like blah 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 blah. Oh, like yeah. you're like, what's wrong with that cat? Oh, the one that says O-Long Johnson? (laughs) The one that says O-Long Johnson. (laughs) Oh, the live long day. Or like the dogs that say like mama. I don't know. I just feel like you can, I mean, parrots can mimic things. Yeah, for sure they can. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of the audio for you. Okay. And you tell me what you think. I know where I stand. So it's coyotes with a Bigfoot hollowing with them. Yes. Okay. Ready? So what you heard were a lot of little yips. Yeah. And then behind all the little yips, there's there's like a series of longer, more drawn out like howls, I guess. Do you think that could be the alpha of the pack, though? See. He's keeping the pitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're making the little yips. Yeah. He's holding down tonic. He's holding down one. He's like, C-note, guys. Harmonize with me, buddies. <laughs> Harmonize. Let me get some of that coyote harmony. <laughs> um, do you want to know what I think? Yes. I think it's just a coyote with a weird yelp. I, I think it's too. just just a long. I mean, like, look at husky videos. Some oh, of those yeah. huskies make noises that you're like, is that a real animal noise? Right. So I think it's just a coyote with a longer, maybe he's just feeling it a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like if this guy didn't personally see anything, then how can you determine that that's what it, what it is? Yeah, I agree. Hmm. But you can also find that one out. Just type in uh, Tallapoosa County, Alabama, Bigfoot call or something on YouTube and it'll pop up. Okay. And you can decide for yourself or you can let us know if you want. Send us a, a little tweeps or an email, spooky underscore spouses, or you can email us at spookyspousescast at gmail.com. If you yourself want to remain anonymous, you can as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, Linz, do you want a, I have two more. Do you want the alien one or the Australia one? Um, let's go for alien. Okay. So this one is a theory that you and I have never really discussed. So there is a professor in Montana. His name is Dr. Michael P. Masters. <laughs> I'm going to say Michael P. Montana. Dr. Michael P. Wyoming from <laughs> Montana. Dr. Montana, Utah, Wyoming, Nevada. From Montana. 
So Dr. Michael P. Masters is an anthropology professor in Montana, but he really he really needed to include that he got his doctorate from Ohio State. Oh, okay. In Columbus, Ohio, uh, right literally six miles away from us. Yes. And he has a theory, and not only a theory, but a brand new book with what he believes is at least scholarly evidence or scholarly hypotheses, hypotheses, more than one hypothesis, (laughs) (laughs) that aliens or extraterrestrials are actually humans that have evolved in the future that have learned how to travel back in time and are studying us present day. That's a lot. That's aliens, time travel, and the human being. Yeah, like how we evolve and we're eventually going to end up looking like a universal race of tall gray aliens with or gray hominids with right. big eyeballs and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. a lot. But the one thing I can't fault this guy for is for at least like trying to back up his argument. He says that aliens are always, well, almost always described in the exact same way. Tall, uh, human-like. He did use some big words that I understood. Bilateral (laughs) symmetry. So you're welcome. An eye on both sides, a nose that's even, a mouth that's even, right? You draw a line. Ooh, I hit the microphone. They're bipedal. They're upright. They have five fingers. They have arms. They're recognizable as being a hominid or human-like. And he says that in certain situations, when they want to communicate with us, they can, whether it's verbally or telepathically. Or they abduct us. Or they abduct us and then they write us little notes and draw us little drawings. (laughs) And they ruin your day. (laughs) And they ruin your day, 100%. So he has a brand new book out, Dr. Michael P. Masters, called Identified Flying Objects, IFOs. Okay. And this book is, quote, a multidisciplinary academic approach to the UFO phenomenon. So I have a I have a little quote that he wrote about his book. Now I will warn everybody that there are a lot of smart words in here. <laughs> but but this at least I don't I don't necessarily agree with extraterrestrials are humans from the future that are time traveling, but he makes a good point, at least in terms of his knowledge, I guess. Quote, through a holistic analysis of human evolution, astronomy, astrobiology, and the physics of time and time travel, Dr. Michael P. Masters explores how the continuation of long-term evolutionary trends in human culture and biology on this planet may ultimately result in us becoming the ones piloting these disc-shaped craft, which are likely the very devices that allow our future progeny to venture backward across the landscape of time. Holy smokes. So time travel is more like what he's trying to prove a point. He's trying to prove with. that time travel exists and by like the nature of modern day science and standard like scientifical or what like engineering advancements, I guess, that sooner or later those spaceships are actually devices that us in the future will be able to use to travel back in time or in time in general and study us. But here's mm. my argument. We already know what happens. I don't want to, Why are we going to study us right now? Cell phones and Instagram? Like, okay, we get it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only thing I was thinking of is I'm really scared to fly. And you don't usually see a lot of <laughs> crashed saucers. So I think our aviation is going to get better. Yeah, you're it's probably faster. Right. Like from Ohio to, say, Portland, Oregon, like we'll probably be there in an hour tops. I'd be fine with that. And like we're going to get there safe because it's just so fast. It's just like, see ya. See ya. <laughs> That's what we say, too. Uh, flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. See ya. 
you're about to get your face sucked off. Whoa, what? Because it would be going so fast. Oh, I get it. Like a roller coaster. Yeah. Like your face would melt backwards. Yeah, take that. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess uh, Dr. Michael P. Masters also studied physics and astronomy at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. Oh. So you and I have a connection to Michael, Michael P. Masters. Right. Isn't that fun? So fun. So the last little bit of breaking booze I have comes from... Nanango, Australia, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. We all know that the uh, Australian equivalent to Bigfoot is the Yowie, right? Yes. I guess, according to some people over at yowiehunters.com, in a video that they just released, uh, they believe that they caught new evidence of a Yowie handprint on the back of somebody's window. Uh, so there, I'm showing Lindsay right now, there's the print on the window, and what you can see in the bottom left is a human hand for scale. So it's a big handprint for sure. Is it dirt or something? Yeah, it's mud. It's like a muddy, dirty handprint. That photo looks so fake. Yeah, you, you think, think so? Well, if you look at the fingers and how pointy they are. Now, I'm not yeah. saying it's not fake. They do really closely resemble the handprints of an ape. And they're, they, they, they were saying a lot of words about dermal ridges or something like that, which I don't it know. It just looks photoshopped. You think so? I think it looks okay. I think it looks like it's on there, but I don't know if it's actually a yaoi no, or not. I don't know. But either way, it was fun hearing these guys from Australia talk about it and discuss that it might be a Yowie. Uh, And if it's a Yowie or not, quite a busy week in the world of sightings and new information about aliens and cryptids. Yeah, it seems like it was a lot. There was a lot going on this week. There's Yowies and Wowies and aliens. And Howie, Mandels. Side note, do you think aliens look the way they look because their spacecrafts go so fast? Oh. Like, all your blood <laughs> rushes backwards, you're gray. Yeah. You have no more blood. That's yeah. all behind you. Like, maybe the back of aliens look, like, more skin-toned. Oh, but you see the front of them, mostly. Yeah, so you just see them, and then, like, their eyes are always kind of big and bulgy, like, maybe because they're like, Whoa! You think aliens, no one ever says if aliens have butts. I would think it's just implied that they have a butt. I don't Unless think, they just don't sit. I don't think, I think I'd be really upset. Legs, if, torso, head. Yeah. Well, they have necks, spindly arms. Well, then if they are humans, then I guess we've obviously evolved in the future, however many hundreds or thousands of years. And we don't need butts. We Or privates. Because <laughs> you really never Maybe. hear anyone discussing... Yeah, these aliens came out, but they were wearing underwear, which is great for us because that's yeah. that's upsetting to see. Well, maybe they can hide it. Oh, that would make sense. Evolutionary, uh, yeah. evo- evolutionary speaking, evolutionarily speaking, I really don't feel smart so today. So you don't get an owie on your wowie. <laughs> <laughs> when you it see a yowie. Yeah. When you see a yowie. Yeah, it hides it in your body. Yeah. That's not, I don't, honestly, I don't think that that is too far-fetched. Yeah. Because people like, I don't know. Like fishes are like that. Yeah. Fish are cool. Yeah. We just kind of became fish people. Well, like in The Shape of Water. Uh, if anyone's seen The Shape of Water, they with were- our buddy at, Doug Jones. With our, our buddy who, uh, we met him and he's very nice. In The Shape of Water, that- the animal, Doug Jones, was not wearing any clothes, but you could not see his no-nos. Right. He did have a butt. He did have a butt. So? So prove that one, Mike Masters. <laughs> prove so that one. So if anyone has a theory about if aliens have butts or not, uh, you can contact us at spooky underscore spouses on Instagram or Twitter. Hey, send us an email, spookyspousescast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about butts. 
Yeah, also, if you have any high-res glossy JPEGs of an alien butt, send it our way. Send it our way. Maybe you just need to do a drawing of a butt. Yeah. Like what an alien butt would look like. Yeah, really dig deep here. Also, yeah. speaking of uh, speaking of social media, congratulations again to our good friend and new dad, Seth Daly, for yeah. winning our last candle with our little giveaway and some other fun little prizes. Yeah, they're fun little prizes. We always try to keep them really, really fair because um, we love you guys and we can't pick just one. No, and we wanted to show you our process. <laughs> um, but also, congrats again to Seth and Lexi for having a beautiful little baby boy who's adorable and is adorable and probably has a butt you know what that baby does have a butt so that generation (laughs) has butts so we know that we don't know which generation the butts are gonna go yeah no more butts no more butts well maybe in the next two generations okay become buttless very interesting it seemed like there was a lot of activity going on it also seems like I don't know how this happened but we really started talking about butts a lot yeah well that i know how it happened okay it's us Oh, yeah. (laughs) And things like that happen. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. Well, that's all I have. Uh, Just a bunch of breaking booze. And you know what? I think it's fitting because when when you're listening to this episode, it's the first day of April. A poster just fell off our wall. (laughs) And it was really scary. (laughs) And it scared us both. It scared me a lot. But anyways. Hey, that poster just April Fool's us. You just talked about April Fool's and a poster fell off the wall. Ghost. Ghost and you know pranks. what's funny is that it's the, where the poster fell off the wall is directly underneath a shadow box we have of a costume that Lindsay's dad made her when she was younger. Which was a ghost. And Gary was a prankster. And he was a prankster. Maybe you and I just got pranked by Gary. You know what's really funny about that shadow box is that it was a costume he made me. It is of a ghost. And there's also a picture in there. And it's for my birthday party. And I'm blowing out the candles on my cake. And next to me is a Ghostbusters blaster gun. I think I was destined I think to be you, a ghost hunter. Yeah, I think you were too. <laughs> That's adorable. But huh. anyways, um, we would like to do a thank you to Eli Rexford Chambers for our music at the beginning, middle, and end. You can find Eli at, at Eli who does music. Um, don't make fun of his flute arms because he gets mad. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? We are going to do a thank you to him. So thank you, Eli. Thank you. Here's Your beautiful us. flute arms have wrote us our beautiful theme music. Yes, uh, and we love it. We would also like to thank everybody over at the Scavengers Network and Colin Parkin. Colin Parkin. <laughs> Colin, <laughs> Colin Parker. Parkin and Garkin and Colgan Barbinst. Collar shirt Garkin. And we'd also like to thank Uncle Grusist. Uh, <laughs> we would like to thank Colin Parker, our big, beautiful boss baby boy, for starting the network and having us on and with all these other brand new shows that we're bringing on and all the shows that have been here since day one. Um, it's a wonderful group of people to be a part of. And if you'd like to, head over to patreon.com slash the scavengers network and become a member and a donor. And we'll be forever grateful because it's people like y'all who make us sit in this room and record every week. Make us brawl. What? I was trying to rhyme with y'all. Hall. Scary hall. Anyways, also a thank you to all of our listeners out there because if you weren't listening, we wouldn't be doing this. That's true. Well, we probably would, but it wouldn't be as normal, I we guess. Would, we would email it to our parents. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to get them to listen. Yeah. Well, th- not just because they're not supportive. It's because that they, they can't figure out their iPhones. And a lot of our parents, a lot of our parents, 
our parents think that in order to listen to a podcast, you have to sit in a room and not move and just listen. And it's very yeah, be weird. Very quiet. And be very quiet and just they sit would and make stare the at the worst wall. audience. Yeah, they sure would. Do like, we make a do we make a noise? A show audience. Not good. Yeah. Well, hey everyone. Until next week, have a haunted car, but like in a cute way, not like damaging sort of a Tuesday. Yeah. Have a, I don't know, any car names that start with the names of the days of the week. Toyota, a, Toyota Tundra Tuesday. Oh, have a Mazda Monday. Have a Hyundai Sonata Saturday. <laughs> have a Mazda 626 Sunday. Have a Subaru Su- Saturday. Have a Dodge Day. Volkswagen Wednesday. <laughs> Is that it? Oh yeah, because Volkswagen Beetles are scary. Anyways, this has been this has been car time. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see each and every one of you next week. Bye bye. Bye. Splish, splash, blow. Splish, blow, splash. Crunch, munch, hunch. <laughs> Cramch, pramch, cr- scramch. Blue clue, woo. <laughs> Any more? No. All right. The Scavengers Network. Creator driven. Community focused. Treasured content.